In the summer of 1975, Steven Spielberg's Jaws broke all kinds of records, and the summer blockbuster was a fact. May marks the start of Hollywood's busiest season. Grab your popcorn as Pop Culture Confidential takes a look at the summer of movies. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro. Thank you for joining me. In its first three days in 1975, Steven Spielberg's groundbreaking summer movie Jaws earned $7 million, $14 million in its first week. Incredible for its time. Jaws is called the first summer blockbuster. And two years later, another little movie, Star Wars, would become a massive hit in May 1977. And with the following films in the Star Wars franchise, released every couple years or so, the summer season would become essential to Hollywood. TV advertising was a huge reason for the rise of the big summer hits. Jaws is said to have had the biggest ad campaign of its time, with spots running primetime during all the big shows. Later, blockbusters would bring us Batman, Dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, Tom Cruise and Will Smith in Top Gun and Independence Day, respectively, and a decade apart. They would rule the coming summers. Action, animation, franchises and sequels as well. The Hollywood summer blockbuster season runs May through August, starting this week with the U.S. release of Captain America Civil War on Friday, May 6th. And wouldn't you know it, Spielberg, who started all this in 1975, is here again in 2016 with his adaptation of Roald Dahl's book, The BFG. Can he take a summer filled with Ghostbuster reboots, Tarzan, X-Men, and the return of Dory in Finding Dory, Pixar's sequel to the massive 2003 hit Finding Nemo? I'm joined by someone who follows the Hollywood industry in depth. Reporter Ben Fritz has written for the Los Angeles Times and Variety and covers the film business out of the Wall Street Journal's Los Angeles Bureau. In 2016, we'll see George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep, to name a few, in the coming summer releases. I started by asking Mr. Fritz if stars mattered anymore in terms of summer blockbuster success. Yeah, stars don't matter very much anymore. It's really brands that matter. You know, the, the Marvel brand, let's say, or the Star Trek brand or the X-Men brand. These are the things that really um, make people feel like they know what they're going to get when they go into the theater and that bring out audiences around the world much more than stars. We've seen pretty much every major star you can imagine has had uh, flops recently. And George Clooney, you know, for example, his, his, his movie Money Monster, which is sort of a thriller, opens in May. I'd say that's a big question mark in Hollywood. People are not sure whether that'll do much business at all. Really? Is that, that's with Julia Roberts and him, right? Yeah, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, directed by Jodie Foster. I might be the one with the gun here, but I'm not the real criminal. It's people like these guys. I got my finger on the trigger. I'm telling you, it's rigged. The whole damn thing. But I don't know who to trust. They're stealing everything from us, and they're getting away with it, too. How's that even fair? Just keep talking to him, all right? You're good at that. I got my finger on the trigger. 
You lost a lot of money. When the market tanked. They tracked down his girlfriend. That was everything we had. Every last cent. You came here to get some answers. You deserve to get some answers. 10, 15 years ago, that would seem like a guaranteed hit. Right. That was the time when people came out for stars. They were like, oh, I want to see a George Clooney movie. But now people say, I want to see a Marvel movie, or I want to see a Ghostbusters movie, or I want to see a Star Trek movie, or I want to see a Pixar movie. That's what people go to theaters for. They don't go so much for their favorite star. Do you have a theory as to why stars don't matter as much anymore? Uh, I think it's that brands have become more important. It's you know the same sort of... Uh, marketing mojo that's that's true when you go in the grocery store or go to starbucks or whatever has come to apply to movies we've realized um you know stars are human beings they're fickle they they pick all sorts of projects for their own idiosyncratic reasons and uh there's not really a lot of consistency just going to see a george clooney movie doesn't really know mean you know what you're going to get anymore george clooney does all sorts of different movies um but a marvel movie you know what you're going to get um you know star trek you know what you're going to get and when people go to the movies, you know, it costs a lot of money these days. They have a lot of other entertainment options. TV's really good. Lots of great video games. Lots of cool apps on your phone. When you go to the movies and you're going to spend, you know, if you're going with a family, you could easily spend $50 plus popcorn plus babysitting. You kind of want to know what you're going to get. You're not looking for uh, big surprises, it turns out, for a lot of people, for better or worse. So they like consistency. And um, I think the brands uh, in the movie title kind of kind of signal to you what you're going to get more so than this star. So they liked that consistency more than before when stars were big in the 90s. Now, because of how expensive it's gotten or... Yeah, because I think because of expensive it is to go to the theaters and how much more entertainment options there are. It used to be, you know, TV was, was not that good. Um, there weren't that many great options on TV. And if you want to see something good, you really had to go to the movie theater. Um, if, you some, if you want a good entertainment option, movies were, movies were the king of the world. And that's just not true anymore. There's so much great entertainment you can watch at home or on your phone or tablet that going to the movies is optional. And you really have to... Um, want to see a particular movie. I had a head of a studio say to me uh, a few months ago, he was, you know, it used to be people would just go to the movies. Now they go to see a particular movie. Mm. So you only go if there's a movie that you want to see in particular. And um, in terms of a signal that it's a movie you want to see, again, these, these big brands have become very powerful. Going back a bit historically, I understand that it's Steven Spielberg that ushered in the summer blockbuster with Jaws. Can you tell me a little what the summer season means for the film industry in Hollywood? Sure. I mean, it's it's uh, about one third of the year and it represents more than 40 percent of the total box office. So in that sense, it's pretty much that and think Christmas period are the most lucrative times of the year at the box office. And, you know, it traditionally has been um, the time when studios roll out most of their big, you know, quote unquote, tentpole films, the big budget ones that are they want to be global events. Mm -hmm. Um that's expanded a bit. You see some of those opening other times of the year, but still the majority of them open in this sort of May through early August period. There's, you just sort of see one would-be blockbuster opening after another. So there's a lot of pressure, a lot of you know big financial bets going on for Hollywood, and uh, you can really tell which studios are going to have a good year and which ones are going to have a bad year. What are some of the big uh, ones the past years from sort of Spielberg going forward, the best summers, you'd say? I think last summer qualifies as one of the one of the best ever if you just look at you know massive hits like Jurassic World and uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and the Minions movie and Inside Out. I mean there were these these were uh, just four massive movies all of which grossed well over 800 million dollars worldwide. Uh, last, and that's just one example of you know you can go go back to pretty much any summer and uh, see see several of those. But but uh, you know last summer. 
um, had some very, very big examples. And then just like every summer, it also had some really massive embarrassing flops like, uh, like Tomorrowland, for example. Is there a typical genre that dominates the summer, would you say, that's different from Christmas, so to speak? I mean, certainly superhero movies uh, have become really sort of the, the staples of the summer fair. Um, you see those a lot of those opening in the summer. And, you know, this year we have Captain America Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse and uh, Suicide Squad. Um you see, you see the studios rolling these out frequently, and obviously sequels and reboots um, now. You know these franchise movies. Um, you see less of the family. The family films are really sort of the heart of Christmas. You know, you, you see a little bit of everything, but and we'll see a few family films this summer. But I, I'd say the, the if there's a quintessential summer movie these days, it's a superhero sequel. Mm-hmm. So how is 2016 looking? Would you say? I mean, it's not looking quite as big as last year. Again, last year we had four movies, all of which grossed well over $800 million, and three of which grossed more than uh, a billion dollars worldwide, which is massive. Um, people in Hollywood are, don't sort of see that as much. You know, we sort of – I see – there are two movies that look like really guaranteed blockbusters. That's Captain America Civil War, which has already opened overseas um, some places, possibly where you are. Yep. And it opens this weekend in the United States. Captain, you seem a little defensive. Well, it's been a long day. If we can't accept limitations, we're no better than bad guys. That's not the way I see it. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. Sorry, Tommy. You know I wouldn't do this if I had any other choice. But he's my friend. So was I. That seems like a billion-dollar-plus movie for sure. It's got all the Marvel superheroes in it. Looks like it should do as well or better than The Last Avengers. Also, Finding Dory, which is a sequel to Finding Nemo, which is one of Pixar's sort of most beloved movies, and you know stars uh, Ellen DeGeneres, who's pr- who's pretty beloved at least here in the U.S. How did the stingrays all know where to go? Instinct, something deep inside you that feels so familiar that you have to listen to it. <gasps> my mom, my dad, I have a family. I miss them. You know what that feels like? Yes. Then we better get going. Can you help me? Oh, oh, sorry. Not a great swimmer. I think you swim beautifully. Thank you. You will go. Wait, Dory? So uh, she, that movie looks like it, it should do great should be sort of be the big family movie of the summer and then beyond that it's uncertain there's a lot of sequels that are sort of hoping to be huge franchises they want to be the next jurassic world but you know it's very uncertain do people want another alice in wonderland movie do they want another ghostbusters movie um is tarzan still a brand that matters to people um is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Star Trek? I mean, these are all questions. Those are all sequels to movies that did pretty well, but not great, or haven't been around in a long time in the case of Ghostbusters. So uh, there's a lot of question marks this summer, I'd say. Um, so would you say that there's a studio that's handling the summer season better than others? Well, the studio that's sort of really ruling Hollywood these days is Disney because they've embraced this brand franchise model 100%. Um, almost all the movies that they release are branded, whether they're, they, they own Marvel, they own Star Wars, they own Pixar, they own you know uh, Disney feature animation, which made Zootopia and made um, Frozen, and even their sort of Disney live action label, which was the one question mark. It's really embraced these 
they call them fairy tales. Some of us might call them just essentially remakes of animated movies. So mm-hmm. the last one was The Jungle Book. Um, and they had Cinderella. This summer they have a sequel to Alice in Wonderland. They have a new Beauty and the Beast coming, etc. So almost all their movies fall into this franchise brand uh, category where you you know what you're going to get, and they very make very few original films, very few, very few star driven films, and it's no coincidence. No coincidence, they are by far the most financially successful studio in Hollywood these days. So, do you think that they'll take this summer as well? Most likely, they're opening the summer with uh, Captain America: Civil War. It looks like a massive hit. Uh, they own Pixar, so Finding Dory is theirs as well. Um, so in terms of, uh, you know, making the biggest profits from the handful of movies they put out, uh, I think Disney looks like they're in very good shape. The only question mark they have is the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, Alice Through the Looking Glass, with Johnny Depp. Um, you know, the first Alice in Wonderland was a billion-dollar movie, did huge, but that movie really did well because it was sort of the next big 3D film after Avatar. If you remember, 3D was such a big deal then. Right. Um, Alice was not actually was actually not a very good film. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like it. So now here we are, I think, five years later. Uh, I'm not certain whether that's a franchise that really matters to people. We'll, we'll find out. What's the matter? The Hatter's the matter. The Hatter is my truest friend. If he's in need, I will help him. It will be a race against time. He is not someone you want as your enemy. Time is a he. Underland. Your time is up. You're stuck us all at one minute. Tea time. Tea time forever. I just wanted to ask, when you mentioned it, 3D, is 3D as big this year as it's been the past couple years? Um, it's pretty been, it's kind of settled down. 3D has, it's no longer an event. Nobody's like, I wanted to go see a 3D film, but certain films in 3D work well, mm-hmm. especially the big, sort of the big live action event movies. People, the family movies, people don't seem to care as much. Kids don't seem to be into it, but I think you'll see, um, you know, Captain America, X-Men, Star Trek, et cetera. Those should do pretty well in 3D. These really sort of visually spectacular films, um, but it's, all, it's only certain films. Steven Spielberg took 1975, and he has a big movie, 2016 as well, the Roa Dahl adaptation. How do you think he's going to do? Uh, it's uncertain. I think the 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 Roald Dahl movie, the BFG, that's definitely one of the summer's question marks. That's a uh, you know beloved children's book for a lot of people. I remember that book very fondly as a kid. I loved it. Mm, me too. Where am I? Giant country. Why did you take me? Because I hears your lonely heart. Rants. Sophie, hide. Does you have any surprise? It's kind of an old book, and uh, you know, I don't know how many kids today know it. Um, it's not like you know the Twi- Twilight or the Hunger Games or something anymore. Harry Potter. So uh, you know, it's definitely um, it's definitely a question mark. I'd say. So what are you gonna see? What are you most ex- personally? What do you want to see? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't, cl- you know, I don't claim that that my taste uh, ma- matches the public very well at all. But I will say, there's a star movie. I'm I'm excited for this movie. It's called The Good Guys, with um, with uh, Ryan Gosling, um, and it opens in um, it opens in late May. Sorry, is it the nice guy? The nice guy with Russell Crowe? The nice guys, yeah. That's <laughs> yes, Russell Crowe. The nice guys, not the good guys. Yeah, it's the nice guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, um, directed by Shane Black, who did Iron Man three, oh, and right. um, he wrote *Lethal Weapon* back in the day. And it just looks—it's my kind of comedy. It looks like sort of a very funny sort of 1970s action movie. They'll make fun of the period and have a lot of 
sort of like uh, a lot of interplay between those two actors, both of whom I really like. So personally, that's what I'm most excited for. I'm not predicting it'll be a hit, but uh, I'll I'll certainly go. Oh, cool. Ben Fritz, thank you so much for taking your time um, to talk about this. I can't wait to see how the summer season goes. Sure thing. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Thank you so much to Ben Fritz of The Wall Street Journal. You can read his reporting on Hollywood and the industry there. And let us know what you're looking forward to this summer in the movies via Twitter on at PodPopCulture or visit the site popcultureconfidential.com. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, intro music by Carl Borg, and produced by René Wittestedt and myself. I'm Christina Jörling-Biro. Thank you so much for listening. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.